let's talk about books. Hi. Hey there. I don't know why I feel so <laughs> weird whenever we do this, but every time we, we do we, this, I feel weird. We're awkward at this part. We don't really know what to say. Yeah. So, like you said, let's let's just talk about books because that's easier than actually yeah. talking, you know, like humans. Um, yeah. So, so, books. What are you reading? Well, I'm not actually reading this one. I finished it because I read it the day it was released, but it's The Adventure Zone, a yes. graphic novel. Yes. By, <laughs> oh my gosh. Let it's me so get good. through the list of people. Uh, <laughs> it's a by long list. Carrie Peach, Clint McElroy, Griffin McElroy, Justin McElroy, and Travis McElroy. An amazing so, team. Five authors on this one. Well, Carrie is the illustrator. Yeah, but she's she the artist. Also been involved in some of the stuff. They're they're all the creators. Creators. That's the right way to say it. So, what this is is a podcast that has been turned into a graphic novel. The Adventure Zone is it sort of started one of out the as best D&D. podcasts ever. <laughs> it started out as a D and D podcast. It's now just sort of an RPG cooperative storytelling. Yeah, using RPGs to do cooperative storytelling. But what they're best known for is their first story that they did entirely in D and D. It's a really epic story. It felt like listening to an audiobook. It Sometimes. really is just a huge fantasy story it was that sh- was told with input from a number of, you know, right. storytellers. an improvised fantasy story. But yeah, so it's a really cool podcast, which if you haven't listened to, I just took up hours and hours and hours of your life because you're going to have to listen to all of it once you get started. Um, but it's really interesting as a graphic novel because they've taken this medium, which is entirely audio, and they've transferred it into an entirely visual medium of graphic novel. Yeah, which is not an easy switch to make. Yeah, so the way that they've done that is just very interesting to me. It's pretty incredible, really. I've read it as well, if that wasn't already (laughs) obvious. I think they've done it really well. I agree. They make a few changes because, like I said, in the podcast they're using D&D, and for the first story, they actually start off playing, like, sort of a normal beginner adventure. Like, it's published by... Yeah, so there were, like, some name issues that they have Yeah, so they changed up to sort of divert because the story quickly diverges from like normal D&D. And yeah, it's just it's fun. It's short. It didn't take me long to get through it. And it's just fun. And even if you haven't listened to the podcast, um you'll probably like it cuz I think it's just a good story. And there're going to be a lot more cuz it was a long one and they've already announced the second graphic novel and this one became a bestseller. So I think there're going to be more. Definitely. So, what are you reading? Well, my library hold just came through on Crazy Rich Asians, which I have been wanting yes. to read for ages. It's, I mean, I feel like at this point, and surely everybody and their mom has heard of this book. And you're like, running out of time of because it, when the movie comes out in like this, two weeks. Yeah, when we're recording it, the movie comes out in two weeks. When we actually publish like this, like days I think, when we release this Yeah, th- the movie will be coming out in days, so you're not going to have a ton of time to read the book first at that point. Yeah, if you haven't already when you're listening to this, get on it. I'm getting <laughs> on it a little ahead of you. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm not very far into it, but for anybody who doesn't know, it's basically kind of looking into the lives of some of these 
crazy rich families in Singapore. I think it's mostly set in Singapore. I'm not uh, there the yet. We're still book, in England right now. The first book is pretty much entirely in Singapore. Yeah. And so it's about, well, it's, I think it's about a lot of people, but mostly so far yes. it looks like much of the story kind of centers around Nick is bringing home his American-born Chinese girlfriend to Singapore to meet his family for the first time for, like, the wedding of the season. So I imagine a lot of hijinks and disapproval and things of that nature are going to ensue when he brings his girlfriend home and she finds out that he's basically Singapore royalty and they're finding out that she's American, which is maybe not what they wanted. And I think it's going to be rom-com vibes and really fun. And I'm loving it already. It's, it's a really fun book. It's when someone asked me like what the perfect beach read is. It's, it's crazy, crazy rotations. It's, yeah. It almost is like a rom-com. Very light on the romance though. It's just fun. It's a very like good job of dealing with this like inter-family drama and and it's got a lot of different perspectives, which depending on how far you are into it, you may not realize yet. But you get this story told from a lot of points of view, and it's excellent. Yeah. Oh, and it's by Kevin Kwan, by the way. I didn't say that. Yes. So are you reading anything else good at the moment? The next one I'm going to talk about, I'm not very far into yet. It's I've actually, I got it from the library, and I've been reading it for like a week now. But other commitments came up, so I'm maybe like three, four chapters into it. I'm, I'm checking how many chapters I'm into it right now. Yeah, I'm on like the fourth chapter. So I'm not very far into it, but it's The Pisces by Melissa Broder. And I don't really know what to say about it other than it's really weird. <laughs> I mean, you read the first page to me and I was speechless. Yeah, I and I'm not going to read it no, please here. Don't. We're trying to keep this podcast PG. Yeah, it's not very PG, so I'm no, gonna refrain. Not. You can look up there how it starts. It's odd. adult language, and it's weird. But I keep reading it, and I mean, I knew it was gonna be weird. The premise of this book is this woman is not dealing with a breakup well, and so she goes to stay at like her sister's house on the ocean and falls in love and with a fish. A merman, I believe, but yeah. <laughs> fish on the cover. Um, there's a fish on the cover. I believe he is, in fact, a merman. I, I read some, like, spoilers, so I kind of know that much, at least. And that's kind of all I know. So I knew going in, it was a little weird. Reading it, it's very weird, but I need to know what happens. So I don't know well, if I'm going to love it or something. not, but I'm, I keep reading it, so... <laughs> It's yeah. maybe one of those books that you can't tell if you like it, but you can't stop reading it I feel it like I'm not going to be able to tell if I really like it or not till the end. Um, like, I'm definitely, I don't hate it. That's for sure, like, it's going to be at worst, like, a, uh, maybe not for me kind of book. But, yeah, I just keep reading it because I can't tell. Do I like it? Is it just so weird that I can't stop? I don't know yet. I've got to keep reading to find out. So what else are you reading? Because I know you're not reading just one book. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm reading several books right now, and I'm not very far into any of them. But the other two that I'm reading right now are The Royal Runaway by Lindsay Emery, which I don't remember when it comes out. I should know that. It's not coming out for a few more months. Maybe like September. Eh, I don't know. September's you can only Google a month that. away. Google. So. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. Existential crisis had and over. Um, anyway, I'm reading The Royal Runaway by Lindsay Emery, um, which I think is 
I'm I think that one definitely is going to be kind of rom-com and I've seen some comparisons I don't think in terms of actual plot but to Princess Diaries because basically it's about this princess of a small European country whose fiance disappeared on their wedding day and I think what's going to happen is she gets kind of drawn into this mystery of finding out what happened to him possibly there's some blackmail involved and I think also some you know like running away from duty and I assume also romance but anyway, it seems pretty fun so far. And anytime you've got, you know, a princess, it's going to be kind of yes, fun. Definitely. And then the other one I'm reading is Heart of Thorns by Brie Barton, which just came out a few days ago as of recording, but it'll be, you know, a few weeks ago once this is released. And it's much more fantasy. And it's about this girl who I think basically the premise is she's living in this kingdom where there are these creatures who are women, but they kind of call them demons and they're called Gryarach. And basically they can manipulate human flesh and her mother was killed by one. So she's like, you know, sworn to destroy them all. She's training to be a huntress. And then her father like betrothes her to the crown prince, which she is absolutely probably not interested in. (laughs) There's a question mark there. A few chapters in, she's like, I hate this guy, but also he's kind of cute. So I don't know where we're going there. TBD. And anyway, from what I know of the plot, this is actually beyond where I've read, but I don't think it's spoilers since it literally says it on the cover jacket. On her wedding day, she definitely finds out she's one of these Gryarach. So I'm thinking that's not going to go well and will probably drive the rest of the plot. Probably. Sounds <laughs> like, I mean, it's also a little concerning because like, how do you find that out on that day? Yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing it's well. not it good. May, things may not go well for Crown Prince Boy. Well, I guess you'll find out. <laughs> we'll find. This is this is sort of like, a, you know, we need to do like a pre and post reading. Like, yeah. what's gonna happen? Let's find out. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's all we have to say about what we're reading. So so let's talk ooh. about fan works. Yeah, because during our episode about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, we briefly mentioned a very Potter musical. Yeah, several times. <laughs> It came up a surprising amount. More than we expected, maybe. Um, Well, in fairness, you bring up a very Potter musical once, and I'm not going to be able to stop making references. Yeah, it's very quotable. So, I guess... For those of you who aren't familiar, yeah, we should a explain very what it is. Potter musical is it's sort a, of it's what it sounds like. It's a musical yeah. about Harry Potter. It's a parody musical of Harry Potter that was created by students at the University of Michigan in 2009. And it was like a production that they did and then they put it up on YouTube. Right. So the whole thing is on YouTube. Yes. As well you can as and should go watch it. Yes. As well as both of its sequels. Yes, a very Potter sequel and a very Potter senior year. It's also a little funny because they're kind of out of order. Oh a my very gosh. Potter musical combines book one and book seven, and I would say. Book no, book four, too. Yeah. Heavily book four. No. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, you were correct. Trust Sorry. I've, I've been rewatching them lately, so take my word for it. Yeah, I know the second one is pretty heavy on book five. And also book one, because it's and technically their first again. year. It's very yeah. confusing. Basically, and they then draw the last just one from whichever book they want in right. each of the The last books. one sort of pulls heavily from book two, because it's way out of order. Book two and book seven and book five four it's again yeah it's, you know 
it, it is what it is. This is very <laughs> parody. They have it's a lot of fun parody. with it. It's very funny. If you like musicals, if you like parody, you're probably going to like it. It's, it's good. And we sort of brought it up because I realized some references they were making clearly came out of book four. Right. Uh, well, and because I think, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but I think I saw that apparently part of the inspiration for it was after some of the creators were reading book four, they were like, man, Draco Malfoy really seems like he might be in love with Hermione. Like he's just being kind of, you know, like picking on her and stuff maybe. And so they wrote one of the main songs of the show, Granger Danger, kind of about that. And then that's kind of where the show came from. So it actually does relate really well to book four. Yeah. And Malfoy's a little weird in book four. His characterization in book four is very different than it is not like uncharacteristically so, but just he's different in book four than he was in books one through three and who he becomes in books five, six, and seven. Book four is sort of a weird point where he's not super sinister yet, but like he's still constantly like snarky and annoying. And so you just get a lot of quality Malfoy in book four. That's true. And I think... I think of Harry Potter musical, it's kind of one of the, you know, when you talk about fan works related to Harry Potter, I think that's one that most Potterheads would mention. I think it's fairly well known in the fandom. And it's probably one of the bigger and more famous fan works that have come out of the fandom. Yeah. I also think we should probably mention at this point, there's a play called Puffs. Yes, I Puffs think it's a musical. play and not I was a musical. Gonna oh, it is a musical. Okay. Oh, is it a I I wrote down Puffs the Musical, so it must be a musical. Okay. (laughs) Obviously, neither of us has seen it. I almost... (laughs) This is is sad, and I know our mom is listening to this episode, and it may make her a little sad to hear this, too. We were going to go see it for my birthday earlier this year, and then some life things happened that we won't get into here. But anyway, we couldn't go, and it was fine, but we were going to go see it, and we were both really excited, but it just didn't happen. Maybe the movie theaters will play it again. Maybe they'll play it again. Yeah, they were going to play it at the movie theater. I don't think... I don't think they can let... I don't actually know how Puffs works, because I know with a Harry Potter musical, they can't license the production. Like, there are no officially licensed productions. They cannot make... Basically, that's how they got away with doing it, is Warner Brothers was like, it's fine, we'll let you keep this up, you can't make any money off of it. Because it's like a parody, and it's fine as long as you don't make money, I guess. So I don't know how Puffs does that, because they... I think, you know, it's like an actual play that people are, like, going to. I don't know. I don't know how they handle it. I did check and they haven't announced any more theaters playing it but i'm hopeful that it may be that like you know parody law and satire and stuff is kind of complicated so it's possible that they just kind of fall under different places under it yeah because sometimes you can get away with more than other times i don't know yeah also if you're not a group of college kids and can afford an actual lawyer that might be to your benefit. True. I assume Puffs is not put on by college kids. I don't actually know that for a fact because I did no research. That, it's also possible that they use a lot less actual references. Right. Like in a very Potter musical. I mean, it's in the, they've got Potter in the, t- you know, like they, it's references out the wazoo. You know, like they nobody's all have the names same names. Changed. They have the same basic appearance. Everything. Um, Despite the fact that there is a school on Mars called Pig Farts that has a professor who's a lion named Rumble Roar, like the actual school itself is entirely the same. Yeah. The so way... unless the musical was taking place on Pig Farts, I guess maybe then they could get away with it. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of references. Very Potter music is entirely based on harry potter like puffs may be like oh it's a fictional wizard school you know yeah. you can sort of if you're abstract you, you, enough, get a, you can get you can away, get away with, with more i think under parody law if you change things up more 
Yeah. So I think we also want to talk about other kinds of fan work since we sort of brought it up. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot for anyone who doesn't who for anyone who doesn't know much about fandom or fan works. When we say fan works, what we're talking about is obviously things like a very Potter musical and Puff. So you could have things like plays or movies. Um, but then fan fiction is a big one that probably most people have heard of. There's also fan art when people make artwork inspired by some sort of fictional piece of fandom and that they like. In the Harry Potter community, we even have wizard rock. So yes, oh my gosh, music. music. Yeah, there's <laughs> Harry Potter has inspired a plethora of fan works. Yeah, Harry Potter's inspired a lot in general because it was so meaningful to so many people that there's just a lot that's sort of been inspired by it. It really, um, I mean, it even it went on to inspire, and I don't just mean in terms of you know kind of changing the way we view children's fiction and young adult fiction, but it, it also directly inspired a lot of other fiction you know I remember there were tons of series when I was growing up and I was definitely the kid who was like this is a knockoff I hate this you know but like there were (laughs) I remember a bunch of series when I was in like elementary school and middle school that were clearly heavily inspired by Harry Potter you know it would be a little boy at a magic school and this isn't fan work but just being about like the changes like Harry Potter had on books I remember so I was a big fan of Tamora Pierce I read all of her books she wrote fantasy somewhere between middle grade and YA when I was reading that line still wasn't really clear the way it is today and yet still not super clear but it was even foggier then and they were all quartets so four books because trilogies weren't really in yet that happened after Harry Potter and they were all very short so I would read one book after the other like very quickly and I remember after Harry Potter came out her books became much longer and she started doing duologies and trilogies (laughs) rather than quartets because the books could be longer and it was these like Harry Potter proved that children will read longer books so now we can write longer books. I imagine we could do a whole entire episode on all of the ways that Harry Potter changed the world of children's literature. Because it it definitely made changes. Yes. You know, there are always those books that are kind of seminal to the genre and really affect things moving forward. And this was definitely one of them. Definitely. And like you said, I also remember a lot of wizard school books after Harry Potter. And yeah. Well, and of course, I think there's, you know, the popular one now that most people probably know about, which is Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. Yes. Which is inspired by Harry Potter, I think, in a different way. Because I know some people are bothered by the similarities to it. And they're like, oh, you know, the way I was when I was together. Like, oh, it's oh. just a Harry Potter knockoff. I, I disagree. <laughs> I think it's, it's obviously inspired and influenced by it. And obviously we're both fans. But it's really, to me, it's a reimagining of a lot of the yeah. themes and tropes you see in Harry Potter. Particularly the chosen one trope. And it's also similar to the way fan fiction is i think it's a book that would not function as well if you did not have knowledge of harry potter yeah because it's basically this idea that it's throwing you in pretty much in the last book or the second to much later in the series you know like let's say it's the fifth or sixth book in this series about these characters and so it's kind of you know it's in the middle of the action things have already been happening and we're dealing with a chosen one but who's not it's not harry potter (laughs) you know I really feel like Carry On to me felt like an homage to the fan community and what it felt like being part of it. Like reading Carry On felt like, in a lot of ways, when I was reading Harry Potter and a part of like fan communities, which we're going to talk more about next week fan communities themselves because we have (laughs) too much to say about them. Oh, next month next month for our next book talk after um book five we're going to be talking much more specifically about fandom 
and fan theories and sort of how we got involved in fandom mostly after book five came out. So we'll be yes. talking a lot more about fan fiction and some of that stuff. Bit yes, of a teaser. Because, yeah. <laughs> We're, we have too much material for that to combine it with other fan work. So it sort of has to have its own episode. <laughs> yeah. Had, had to be its own. Well, and we should probably wrap it up there because, like you said, we have a lot more stuff to talk about in relation to fan fiction next month. And if we keep going, we're probably going to wind up going into it and, you know, spilling the beans about, like, who among us may have written some Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we don't want to give that away. <laughs> Spoiler, it's not the sibling you think it might have been. <laughs> um, not the they, one they you would have They expected. may not know us well enough to make that judgment call yet. Well, I will... As a warning, one of us is a published author and one of us is not. <laughs> and I'll leave you with that information for now. With and... that, <laughs> we will leave you hanging so that you'll listen to our next next month's episode of Book Talk. I would like to say a big thank you to Sahara Sky for the use of our theme song, Never Long Time Goes By, from the album Escapism. And thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us by tweeting at unassignedpod over on Twitter or emailing us at unassignedreadingpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. And if you're enjoying the show, head on over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. It helps people find the show and also just makes us really happy. We particularly like it if you tell us about the books you're reading, especially if it's one we recommended. We want to hear what you think. Yeah, and tweet at us. We love that too. (laughs) Uh, So we'll be back on the 31st for a discussion of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, aka our favorite book, and what I'm sure is going to be a not-to-be-missed episode, even though we haven't actually recorded it yet. Definitely not to be missed. We have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, about trauma and political resistance and how terrible Umbridge is. A lot of thoughts about Umbridge. Now go read some books. Mm